Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later on in the program, we're going to be looking at a couple of those Harvard business tips that will help us. We're also welcoming back Christina Sikiatis from her exciting trip overseas, and we're going to be hearing some very useful stuff for our business over the next few weeks from her. But right now, we're going to have a chat with uh, Tony Vidray from AV Chartered Accountants about the budget in hindsight. Good afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you once again for joining us. So uh, I look forward to listening to Christina on how innovative she was finding her way back to the hotel without a passport, without a wallet, without all those sort of things that happen to you while you travel overseas. Did that happen to her, did it? No, no, I'm making that up. <laughs> no, she was very excited when I spoke to her earlier, so oh, uh, we've, uh, she's come back with a lot of, well, we, the things that we've been talking about on the radio, she said well, that's exactly what's going on over there, so yeah. it's good that we're all on the right track, uh, but she's got some great case studies that we're going to be uh, talking yeah. about. We should take a leaf out of a book. But... And I spent a couple of weeks since that budget was announced now, um, so a few things are being shaken out, aren't they? And certainly yeah. relating to small businesses. Um, yeah, that's it. So uh, let's have a talk about, well, you know, let, what, what's the most important thing that's come out of it? Well, some of the highlights that came out of the budget that, that caught my eye, and as you said, a bit of dust has settled here now, and you can tell, um, you know, this one compared to the one 12 months ago, people have generally accepted a lot of the things in it because it was it was quite a, a good one from a, a lot of offerings rather than uh, hitting people over the head with a with a big stick so the small business write-off is the the topic of conversation received a lot of phone calls um, about that um, essentially I mean the law hasn't been written for it yet but what mm. essentially is happening is that the current limit which is a thousand dollars and as you and I've spoken off air it was six and a half thousand dollars not so long ago dropped down to a thousand all they're doing is increasing it to twenty thousand and that's it there's no new rules or anything like that you can buy new equipment second-hand equipment cars are okay as long as um they're under twenty thousand dollars all of these things have to be used um for business use so having a good laugh with a client the other day about um you know a particular storm that happened um about a month ago and uh generators being purchased for your business versus generators being bought uh, purchased for your home don't want to know anything about that um so um and and the there's a recent article about a week ago that i read online that car yards across the country have have um, experienced a spike in uh, inquiries at, um, for those cars down in the under twenty thousand um, level. Okay. So it's it's definitely you know sparked um, a lot of um, interest. Just while you're mentioning that, if if it was a car over twenty thousand, then the yep. whole thing would have to be um, uh, depreciated, wouldn't it? You couldn't yeah, you can't right. you couldn't write yep. off the first two, twenty thousand and then depreciate the rest. No, but what's what's interesting? I'm glad you raised that. What's interesting about that is that. Um, if you purchase a car, here's an example for you. You purchase a vehicle right now, which is say $21,000 plus GST, you get the GST back if it's business use. What happens is on your June 2015 tax return, you depreciate it. You can't, you can't claim this immediate write-off. So the depreciation rate's about 15%. So what's that about? What's that? $3,000. So in round terms, what happens is on the 1st of July 2015, the written down value um, of that car, of the pool, is $18,000. And the way the rules work is that if the pool is less than $20,000 at the start of the year, you get to write that entirely off in that financial year. So this new measure that's come in applies from now. There's a sunset clause. It's going to um, go back to $1,000 on the 30th of June 2017. So my point to a lot of people is, look, if you're going to buy something that's slightly over, you may not get it this year, this financial year, but you probably will next year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's good. And 
and um, what I've, you know, politics being politics, what I found amusing, um, Bill Shorten, when this goes to Parliament, apparently he said that um, publicly he's going to oppose it um, because he thinks the limit should be $50,000. Wow. So, <laughs> bit, of, bit of toing and froing there. We'll be but buying luxury cars then, won't we? Yeah, well, not quite. Yeah, well, but yeah, $49,000 car for some is a luxury car. So. But it's, look, it's a, good, it's a good measure. It's generated a lot of... Um, a lot of inquiry, and it's the sort of thing that, that's needed to um, to kickstart economy. And also, uh, uh, small businesses that aren't uh, incorporated have have got a bit of an extra bonus too. Yeah, that's right. You and I have spoken again on this program about um, you know the um, the virtues or the dangers of whether you you operate as a as a sole trader or as a partnership. There's a lot, you know, all your private assets are at risk. A lot of um, advisors put people straight into, into companies. companies to protect their assets. But uh, if you operate as a sole trader in a business, you'll now get a 5% discount on your um, tax. So, yeah, so whatever income tax you're going to pay, they're going to just wipe 5% um, off that, which, again, is uh, very, very, um, very generous. Mm, yeah. and but, but also, if you are incorporated, the uh, tax rate has gone down. I must admit, I was one that struggled to get my head around this. They're dropping the tax rate from 30% down to 28.5% for small businesses, which is a business defined as a business that turns over less than $2 million. Um, but what you, the owners are going to be able to do, they're still going to be able to pull out frank dividends, franked at $0.30 cents in the dollar. Okay. So we just went... The industry just went, what? what are you talking about? And so there's a few quirky rules, which we won't talk about now. It's too boring over the phone. But you're still going to be able to get um, franking um, dividends and franking credits at $0.30, cents, even though you only pay 28.5. So yeah. it gets a, bit, gets a bit strange. And, and of course, a lot of this is going to come out of the woodwork when uh, it starts to be enacted anyway, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, none of this has, has been um, um, you know, written or, or introduced into Parliament. And as we know, by the time it makes it there, there's always a few changes. little changes and, and quirks. So, um, yeah, but I think this one, uh, especially the $20,000 one, it, it seems like um, it, will, it will definitely go through. But let's say it doesn't go through. If you're one of these people who rush out now and buy a, a piece of equipment for $15,000, at the end of the day, if it doesn't go through, you put it to the pool and depreciate it at 15% and, and 30%, not yeah. quite as good as 100%. Uh, well, what about, uh, oh, I suppose it doesn't really affect businesses, but the uh, GST on Netflix and, and the like? There's a real interesting um, uh, flow-on effect with that, what they call, colloquially call the Netflix tax. So what they're now trying to do is start to tax um, when people are paying a, a mob like um, Netflix GST on stuff that they bring in from overseas. What's interesting about this, it's actually catching, it will catch outsourcing services. Okay. So the example that, that I, I sat through was that uh, accounting firms have these, um, what they call sweatshops over um, in, yeah. the, uh, in the Philippines, which is probably a bit, um, uh, a bit bland to call them that. But now, because it's a supply that's been supplied from overseas at the moment, they don't attract GST. Well, if you are outsourcing, and any business that, that now outsources any of its services overseas, this Netflix tax apparently will now catch that and it will be subject um, to, um, to GST. So this is like... Yeah, the government are trying to get some money that's, you know, leaking overseas. This is like websites and uh, virtual admin and that sort of thing. That's it, yeah, yeah, virtual offices, your virtual yeah. PA and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, technically it'll, it'll, uh, it'll be caught, which is interesting. be interesting how, how they will actually apply that, so to uh, get, getting overseas people to charge it or, you know, when it comes into the and country. The, the practicalities of it. Well, the next thing, if we've got time to... 
quickly talk about it is um, you may have read also one of the things that came out of the budget, if you have a HEX debt, which is now called HELP, um, you don't have to repay it if your income is lower than $51,000. Now, what a lot of people do is go overseas. Their Australian income is always less than um, $50,000. They never repay their um, HELP debt. Well, now the government are proposing in this budget to include your worldwide sourced income. No. So I'll give you an example. A student does an engineering degree, gets to the end of it, has a help debt of you know $20,000, decides to go over to America and works and starts earning $100,000 a year over there. Under the current rules, they're not paying anything back against their help debt because their Australian income is zero. Under these new rules from the budget, they will start um, no. having to pay some back. And what I've read on the grapevine is that it's going to be linked to your passport. So once no. you start to try and go overseas, your passport will probably beep and say, you've got a help debt, you need to go over here and fill in a form um, where they'll be able to um, track you um, wherever you go to uh, in the world, which is very interesting. Mm. And, and the, the logic problem that it has for people who are already over there, they're proposing that they'll give them a bit of a transition and uh, they'll have to go to an Australian consulate and fill in a form and say, yep, I've got a help debt sitting there doing nothing in Australia. Um, and start to link it. It's a brave new world, Julian. The computer systems... Um, done it all, hasn't it? Uh, yep. Our computer systems are talking to other computer systems all over the world, and it's all been tracked. And uh, uh, MyGov is a good example of all that too, too. We won't get into that one there. No, no, it's creating some problems for accountants, but we won't get into that at the minute. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time, and uh, we'll have a chat with you again in a a month's time. We'll have a look at, maybe have a look at Superstream. Superstream, yeah, it's been pushed back a couple of times. We better talk about that. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Tony Vidre there with looking at the budget in hindsight. And you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7, 25 minutes past one or just gone. It's time to pop over and have a chat to the uh, Christina, who has returned from the United States. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? And you sounded very bubbly and excited earlier when we chatted on the oh, phone. I had a wonderful time. I don't have an American accent, which <laughs> apparently is one of the first things people say to me. In two weeks. Um, but just learnt so much, Julian. It was remarkable. Okay, well, we've only got a couple of minutes, three minutes, to so just uh, put it into a nutshell. Uh, you just, just give us a very quick overview because we are going to address it over the next couple of weeks in, in slightly longer segments. Sure, yeah. Look, I think probably the two highlights for me were um, the the talks by Seth Godden, um, who I just find a remarkable um, expert in marketing, and also um, David Kelly from IDEO, just on the whole creative confidence. But I think I said to you earlier as well, Julian, it's so, it was also really good validation for all the things that we speak about on, on this program, on your program, um, to actually hear that that is what they're dealing with overseas as well. So the, the experts in the United States are talking the same kind of language that we're, that we're talking here. So that, that's very um, it's validating and it's very comforting to know that we're all on the same pathway as far as creativity and innovation goes. Uh, David Kelly and what they're doing with IDEO and some of the remarkable things their students actually come up with solutions, which we'll talk about over the next couple of weeks as well. Um, and, and the different marketing techniques, the different awareness campaigns, the mindful consumption that we've been talking about, the social conscience that a lot of businesses are now developing um, is, is quite... Uh, quite a Western world um, new phenomenon, I guess, that's happening. So that that's really quite reassuring that we're that we're actually thinking about our fellow human beings as well. Um, one of the particular case studies that are, that I found interesting was um, Google Loon, 
So Google is actually working on a, on a system where they, they're trying to make internet free worldwide. And what they've done is they've developed these hot air balloons. And they had a lot of naysayers, as you can imagine, going, the balloons won't last, how are they going to stay there? What if they get blown off course, all that kind of thing? Um, but what they've done at the moment, they're up to 200 days in the air with balloons um, that are potentially going to bounce, um, bounce off satellites and provide worldwide free internet. And what that does for disadvantaged countries, third world countries, um, could be absolutely remarkable, particularly um, when you think about health and medicine in those countries yeah. and education. What, what sort of speed are they? I mean, are, are we a disadvantaged country <laughs> with the <laughs> internet? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't hear you. What did you just say? I Sorry. said, what sort of speed is the internet? Are, are we a disadvantaged oh, country over here? <laughs> no, can I tell you that in some areas of the United States, we are champions in oh, the internet okay. so yeah. there were quite a couple of times where i was extremely frustrated by how slow the internet was in some areas obviously in the main you know in the in the prime locations it was it was fairly fast um but no we're actually not that disadvantaged from, oh, okay. from my experiences at that time yeah 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 okay so well quite remarkable you've too. come back with i mean you've said that uh, it supported a lot of the things that we talk about and you've come back with a lot of case studies that show that it's working. So uh, we'll be interesting to uh, discuss some of those case studies over the next few weeks. Yeah, I look forward to doing that, Julian. And all I can say is have a plethora of ideas um, to anybody out there. Have as many ideas as you possibly can because somewhere amongst those ideas is, this... um, is, is going to be a really good one. And failure, it just isn't on the radar over there. They just... You know, failure is just another step, as we've spoken many times, Move another on. step towards success. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. We'll have a chat again next week. Look forward to it. Thank have you. a good week. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiotis there with an excited trip back from the States, and we look forward to some of those case studies and uh, hear how things are going. Well, we've got time for a couple of those Harvard Business Review reports, and, and I think this one's a very interesting one because storytelling is always a great way of getting a message across. And this particular one says, turn your business case into a compelling story. The business cases that win funding and tell, tell compelling and memorable stories. That's the best way to capture decision makers' imaginations and make your ideas stand out. Think of your business case as a concise adventure novel with your company as the star. The narrative involves your company solving a business need or seizing an opportunity by acting on your idea. To build that story, first identify the strategic need or opportunity you want to address. Then map out how your idea supports that important strategic or organisational objective. Once you've done your homework, you can outline your project approach and explain how your idea will be implemented. Finally, describe the benefits your project will deliver if it's funded. Avoid vague goals like improve customer satisfaction, cut costs or drive sales. Get specific. We'll reduce product returns by 10%, saving $300,000. So storytelling has always been a valuable tool in communication, and uh, certainly that's an interesting point. And this other one here, make coaching more effective by following up. Too many managers don't follow up after coaching sessions, thereby squandering the important time that they've invested in the first place. No matter how successful a session feels, if it doesn't lead to change, it hasn't been effective. You need to track people's progress. 
You're not going to remember everything you see, hear or, and think about during your conversation. So write things down. Good notes will allow you to keep track of goals, observe growth and give more meaningful feedback in the future. Create a standard template that you can fill in each time. After each session, ask yourself, what can I do to support this employee's development between now and our next coaching meeting? What did I learn from this meeting and what didn't I know going in? And what did the person I'm coaching learn? What key messages were reinforced in the meeting? Coaching, very, very valuable tool. Well, thank you once again for listening to me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked quickly at the budget overview and, uh, of course, uh, we'll see how that progresses as times go on. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next minute, next week, we'll have our Minute on Innovation with Christina Sikiotis. Have a chat with uh, Markey Insurance uh, about business insurance. Um, and I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week, and as Abraham Lincoln once said, give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I'll spend the first four sharpening my axe.